My guest today is Phil Kohler. He's here to talk about his review of Final Fantasy XV. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Phil Kohler, welcome back to the program. Hello. Original Phil, they call him. The first and only one. The Um, first and only Phil in the world. First and only Phil. I'm so glad they came up with that name. Putting PH Mm -hmm. together shouldn't make an F sound, but I'll I'll be done. There it is. Um, (laughs) uh, So, Phil, Final Fantasy 15 is not Final Fantasy versus 13. Except it is. Uh, well, so it is, it kind of is. It started out that way. It started out that way. Uh, when you, this is obviously like a very long journey to get to the point where this game was released. Uh, so long, in fact, that it got outpaced by Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, and which uh, and and eventually became Final Fantasy fifteen. When you're going into a review of a, a a game with that kind of history, how much of that do you feel like as a reviewer? you can bring to it. And if you don't want to bring it, anything of that to it, how do you avoid it? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is in a lot of ways, this has been one of the hardest games I think I've ever had to review just from the perspective of trying to not bring everything else around it into it. Um, just, just thinking about the fact, like this was announced 10 years ago under the name final fantasy versus 13. And and just thinking about where my life was 10 years ago, uh, where I, I sure was not being paid for writing about games um, and, you know, was not even graduated from college at that point. Uh, tr- and, and then on top of all of that, the Final Fantasy series is just very uh, has been a big part of my life and, and, you know, was one of the reasons I started writing about games. So I had to do a lot of like mentally distancing myself a little bit and trying to really step back and and look at the game outside of the fact that it's taken x number of years to create and outside of my own uh literally x history. number of years if you're speaking yes, Roman numerals it is that's true that's accurate yeah uh and outside of my own history with the series but uh yeah i, I tried very hard to do that i don't know how successful i was people can kind of judge for themselves i guess i tell you it's interesting phil the the um as I, i'm somebody who i i like the final fantasy series uh broadly speaking i wouldn't consider myself a big devotee of it i like seven was the reason i got a playstation um so like i've mm-hmm. definitely uh, have drifted away a little bit since that point but like the the interesting thing about fifteen to me is that if you were follow if you're following Final Fantasy closely, it's probably fifteen probably represents this like long torturous development cycle. But for me, who's kind of an a little bit of an outsider, I feel like Final Fantasy got so sort of convoluted with different like releases and sub releases and sub sub sequel releases or what have you that like fifth the the fact that it's just called final fantasy 15 was actually makes it feel kind of like a a fresh like i'm actually kind of interested to duck into it because it seems like kind of a fresh jumping off point after a series that uh has kind of convoluted itself is that a fair assessment would you say 
I think totally. I mean, uh, you know, you, you look at um, Allegra Frank for Polygon wrote a great little story called Final Fantasy 15 was announced 10 years ago. Here's how the world's changed since. Um, that's just kind of a collection of like all the stuff that's happened in the 10 years since uh, Final Fantasy 15 was announced under the name Versus 13. And one of the, the, the very first entries she has is Square Enix released 45 new Final Fantasy games and apps. I mean, in that time, 45. Um, and obviously, this is mostly were not numbered entries um, that that uh, it does include Final Fantasy 12, 13 and 14. Um, but beyond that, it's just lots of spinoffs, lots of like side games. And and I think you're right. It can be very intimidating, very hard for people to know, uh, especially a more casual Final Fantasy fan, you know, like yourself or somebody who who got in playing Final Fantasy, you know, six or seven and wants to check in every once in a while. It can be hard to know what are the ones that I should actually be playing are any of these spinoffs any good? Even this year, on top of Final Fantasy 15, uh, just last month we had World of Final Fantasy, which I hear is excellent, but very clearly being uh, being overshadowed by Final Fantasy 15. And then this summer we had Final Fantasy Explorers for the 3DS. Um, you're not wrong, I guess is what I'm saying. There's a lot of Final Fantasy. It's all over the place. And it's kind of nice to have one that's just a big numbered entry that you know, like, okay, this is the tentpole. We're going to dig into a lot of more specifics about the game. But one more question, generally speaking, before we get to that. How, with a game of this scope, and this is always something that inter- interests me with reviews, um, but like, how, for a game with the scope, did you uh, sort of approach the review? What was your, what was your uh, approach? Just in terms of like time management? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, well, I, I was lucky in that Square got me a a copy of the game, Square Enix, that is the publisher. Um, they got me a copy of the game relatively early. Um, I had it about a week and a half before release, which is, you know, for an RPG a, of this length, not great. But, but it's but better than a lot of, of games. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's better than a lot of games that we get. So uh so uh, the the other kind of um, mitigating factor there was that it was one week before Thanksgiving that we got the code. So I kind of wanted to push through as fast as I could so that I could not be working all of Thanksgiving weekend. Um, but it was important to me because the game is open world um, and because it is there's a lot of side content. And I had I knew about that from playing a preview build a few months ago. Um, it was important to me to give myself a lot of time to explore that side content and not just mainline through the game like you sometimes find yourself doing if you're reviewing a game. Sure. Um, so I, I focused really hard for the first, I would say, two or three days on playing as much side content as I could. And then when it got to you know, a few days before Thanksgiving break, I was like, all right, now I'm going to start focusing on mainlining the content. Um, the, the end result is that I spent about, it was about 60 hours playing the game. Um, and I would say approximately half of that was just focused on side quests and side content. Uh, Here's an, we got a ton of questions from listeners about this. Uh, the most I've seen, uh, recently for, for one of these episodes. Uh, so I just want to dive into them. Uh, the first comes from Andy. 
uh, with a really interesting thought experiment. What non-Final Fantasy game does Final Fantasy 15 remind you of the most? What non-Final Fantasy game? Yeah, if it weren't a Final um, Fantasy game, what's the closest <laughs> parallel? I think that's a, a useful thing for a series like this, because you yeah. can almost say that like, compare, like Final Fantasy itself doesn't mean much. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I, what do you think? I think, I think one of the comparisons a lot of people are going to make is to the, uh, the Witcher series and also the Elder Scrolls series. Um, because there are aspects of those that very clearly Square Enix has taken inspiration from, um, they've, you know, with the way that they've designed their open world, they very clearly looked at what are popular Western RPGs that made sort of the open world RPG a really popular thing. And what can we learn from them? Um, I would say that it does that without losing its own identity. Um, but it has like, so there's aspects of Elder Scrolls such as, um, you know, sort of a classic Elder Scrolls thing. You don't level up on the go. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to rest to bank your experience points. So you gain experience points, but they don't actually get banked and you don't level up until you go rest somewhere. Um, or, you know, just, just the, the uh, size and scale of the open world reminded me a lot of The Witcher 3. Um, just the the amount of detail that has gone into everything. I would say the side quests aren't as fully developed as they were in The Witcher 3, but it's still got that that um, that very detailed approach to world design. Uh, there were a couple of subjects that got the most uh, uh questions one of the ones that popped up the most is uh the the combat um I, I, brandon very simply said what's going on with the battle system uh s someone else uh david asked how does the fighting system compare to past games is it a significant step forward or is it more of the same so i know you talk about combat in the in the review but but here how would how would you describe it uh, sorry. Uh, so combat combat is is tough to describe. It's it's actually really complicated. Um, it's complicated to talk about, but it doesn't feel complicated when you play. I guess is maybe the best way to say it. Uh, so they're they're going for a more actiony feel than most of the previous Final Fantasy games have. Um, but it's very simplified action. It's not like they're expecting they're expecting you to be like an expert action game player. Um. The way that it works is you only control one character. You control the main character, Noctis. Um, and to attack an enemy, you're just holding down one button. Um, and your character will keep doing a combo of attacks for as long as you hold down that button. Um, and then the attacks can be modified slightly by like, you know, if you hold the left analog stick back while you're holding the button, it'll do a different move than if you hold the left analog stick to the left. Um so that's how you that's sort of the the basics um, where it gets a little bit more interesting strategically is um, you have these team up moves you can do with your your um, party members. And then also you can uh, sort of essentially you you do more damage by attacking from behind. So you're always trying to work yourself into a vantage point in the fight where you can attack from behind. And when you're attacking from behind, you also have a each attack has a certain percent chance of triggering a team up move, um, which will do even more damage because you're going to be teaming up with your, your party members. 
Um, so that's kind of the the core of combat is this very simple action, but but the strategy is found in always trying to sort of work your way behind the the enemy, and then also figuring out which weapons are they're weak to. So is it like is it real time, like one to one? I press yep. the button and it swings the sword. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent real time. Cool. Well, that sounds good. Um, uh, another thing that popped up a, a few times uh, uh, is the issue of representation. Um, there were both in terms of race and gender. Uh, mm. We got several questions about that, and and rather than you know highlight a specific one, I'll ask you sort of uh, if anything regarding representation in the game struck you, and if so, what and and uh, you know what of any of that did you want to did you include in the review? Yeah, so I didn't talk about this issue at all in my review. Um, I did talk about it a little bit in the comments of the review where some people asked about it. Um, but but certainly I would say the game has some issues with, uh, with representation. Um, there are not many, if any, people of color in the game. Um, and... There are quite a few women characters. Um, you know, the the example I think a lot of people point to is uh, Cindy, who is this uh, mechanic who you meet very early in the game, who is kind of dressed in a big open shirt and a bikini. Yeah, if I remember correctly from the demo, there was uh, a not short short amount of ogling uh, happening there. Yeah, and and I think the worst part about I mean, she's actually like a really uh, kind of fun, interesting character. Um, but obviously the way she's designed is very much eye candy. Um, I think the worst part about it is so her, there are rest stops in the game. Um, you're driving a car around this world and you need to fill up your car with gas. Um, if you go to her rest stop and fill up your car with gas, every time you do it, um, you get a shortcut scene first of her filling up your car with gas, um, bending over provocatively to do so. And then of her uh, washing your windows and also bending over pro- provocatively to do so. Um, <laughs> and I, I learned very quickly how to skip that um, so that my my wife would not have to ask me what the hell I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's 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 not great in how it handles women. I think, uh, you know, on top of that, a lot of people were upset that there are no uh, women in your party. Um, at that point, I think yeah, it's funny in terms of representation, like it takes it for me from a very sort of like theoretical liberal perspective to just like, please don't, there are four white, please, like, uh, yeah, four dudes I, of similar race. I'm not, you know, it's that sort of non-specific, yeah. uh, it's, it's non-specific in that term, but definitely like no, no, all, all the same, uh, uh, basic race person. Why do I have yeah. to tell them about my hairstyle? Like, please. Yeah. No, I what I what I will say is as I played the game I became more okay with it just being four guys in the party specifically because I think the game handles their friendship in a way that I really appreciated and that not a lot of games do. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of games about like especially like you know you get into like war games and stuff and there's a lot of stuff about like brotherhood and like you know, uh, you know, just the, the friendship between men. But but the way that this game handles friendship between guys is in a very like it's it's much more like they love each other. Um, and the game is pretty open about the fact that they're they're four friends who just love each other. And it's not any macho posturing um, BS. It's just love. Um, 
and it's that that to me is very refreshing. Uh, I don't think that makes up for the fact that uh, that women aren't treated great in the game. And there's some very like specific story examples that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some, some stuff with women that's not great in the game. Uh, there is a, an incredible uh, woman character named Aranea who shows up later in the game and who I wish, I desperately wish that the game had given us more of her because she is really badass, really cool. Um, and really great in all the scenes that she's in. Uh, but sadly she is not featured too terribly much. Uh, so real quick before we move on, why, how did you make the call whether or not to talk about this in the review? Was it just so much else going on or just not as glaring to the point you felt like you needed to talk about it or, or why, how'd you make yeah, the it's, call? It's honestly really tough and it's hard. You know, every, every review that I do, I have to, you know, every review that I do where there are issues like this and in the games industry, that's a lot of reviews. Um, I have to, you know, kind of think, make the call if I, if I should talk about it in the review, I think there's probably a good argument to be made that maybe I should have. Um, in this case, I think what I stepped back because I would really like to hear, um, I would like to hear women and people of color, uh, their perspective on it. And I, I, I feel like it's something that maybe in this situation with this game, I wasn't qualified to write about, but that might be a cop out. I think that's totally possible. It's a cop out. Um, I am hoping to read more about it and I'm, I'm not only looking for, uh, what other people have to say on it, but you know, hoping, hoping to, and open to getting pitches to polygon, um, for articles on it. Um, we have uh, a, a lot of questions also f- from people who are sort of in my same boat in terms of uh, sort of being checked out for for a while. Um, so two part question: first, being uh, uh, rep- uh, represented by Drew Davenport, uh, mm-hmm. who writes, "I haven't been into the series since twelve. Is now a good time to get back in." And then the other side of that are people who haven't been following this series religiously uh, going to be sort of uh, going to miss much. Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of like callbacks in terms of, you know, recurring characters, recurring monsters and stuff. But the Final Fantasy series, you know, obviously is not the games are not narratively connected to one another. They don't take place in the same world. They're not following a continuous story. Um, so I don't think you're going to miss out on a lot by jumping in if you've not followed the series very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then building on top of that, I would say, yeah, absolutely. If it's, if you haven't played, uh, in a long time, if you didn't play final fantasy 13, or if you did play it, but you know, didn't really enjoy it, I do think it's worth giving 15 a shot. Um, I think even if you're not into Japanese RPGs, it's worth giving it a shot because it's so weird and different. Because it's so weird, I I don't necessarily think everybody's going to like it. Um, and I, I would say, you know, if you're if you're not sure if this is your type of game from what you've seen and heard so far, you know, maybe maybe find somewhere to rent it and try it out before you buy it. Um, but I think it has a lot of potential to pull in people who may not normally like Japanese RPGs just because it is so different from the norm and it's doing such weird stuff. Um. Phil, is this 
if uh, to 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 sort of highlight that question, it, is this would you put this among like even people who don't necessarily play a lot of JRPGs? This is like one of the sort of standards that they really would be missing out on if they don't play, or is it just a really really great JRPG for people who are already into the genre? I would absolutely say it's it's one of the standards. Like uh, you know, I I give it a nine out of ten. Um, I, I would say that it is like, if you have any interest in JRPGs or like if, if you're remotely like any JRPGs, this is one that you should be giving a shot. It's, it's probably going to be a defining JRPG for the generation. Um, I'm not necessarily saying it's like the best JRPG of the generation or even the best JRPG of this year. Um, but I do think it's one that people are going to look to is like, oh yeah, this is, this is um, what Japanese RPGs were during the PS4 and the Xbox One era. Excellent. Well, Phil, thank you so much. Anything else you want to touch on before we move on? Anything that you didn't hit on in the review that you'd like to mention? Um, just, just you know, these are really beautiful soft boys, and um, I think I think there's a lot of potential for them to kiss. And if you like, <laughs> if you like gorgeous anime boys who who you can imagine kissing who might this kiss is the game for you. Maybe. I mean, somebody, I, somebody on Twitter, I apologize for, uh, who said this, uh, for not knowing who said this, but somebody on Twitter put it best. I think when they said, um, I don't need to see them kiss if I'm positive that they do kiss. <laughs> uh, Phil, thank you so much <laughs> for, uh, joining us and thank you to you at home for listening. Uh, Charlie Hall will be with you next week. Uh, but until that time, my name is Justin McElroy for Phil Kohler, the original Phil. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Quality Control.